0: We'll turn, if you would, tonight to the book of Psalms. To the book of Psalms. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are thankful to be in your house tonight. We're thankful, Lord, for the time that we can spend together around your word. I pray that you'd use it to be a help and an encouragement to your people tonight. I pray, Lord, that you'd help my thoughts to be clear and easy to be understood. I pray these things now in Jesus' name, amen. I think if you look around this evening, you can tell we are on spring break. And so because of that, I wanted to take some time away from our study of 1 Corinthians, and I felt the liberty to do so. And next week, when hopefully we're all back together, we'll get back into that study of 1 Corinthians. But this evening, I want to begin with a thought that we all know to be true in one form or another. I don't know who this would be true of for you, but I think every one of us would say that this is true about someone in our lives and that is this, that every one of us have people that we love who we are not close to by way of distance. You understand what I mean whenever I say that, right? We all have people in our lives who we love, that we cherish, and yet we're not close to them simply because of miles that separate us. So we love them, but we are separated by distance. That can be true when you're talking about family. That can be true when you're talking about friends. It can be true of maybe other relationships that I wouldn't be mindful of. But you would agree with this, would you not? You would say, I love them. I appreciate them. I hold them in high regard. We just don't get to see each other very often because of the distance, because of the miles, okay? If that is true in your life, like it is in my life of different people, then you certainly understand what I'm about to say next. One of the people in my life that is special to me, and there's a reason why I'm using this person as an example, but one of the people that is, uh, or one of the persons that is special to me in my life is my Uncle Jeff. You've heard me talk about him before. He's the attorney down in Houston. and. I like him. He was always the fun uncle. He was always the uncle who, in the midst of what might be some boring family activities at times, he would snatch me out of the room and he would take me out for a drive. He would take me to arcade games. He, w- he would just do special things with me. And, and so Uncle Jeff has always been the fun uncle, and he just holds a special place in my heart, and yet because of miles and because of distance, we only get to see each other about every two years if it works out and so that in mind this happened i don't know a couple of months ago i got up one morning as i normally would and i had my phone there and i opened up my phone and i noticed that i had an email from uncle jeff and that's kind of rare let me rephrase that that's not kind of rare it is totally rare that he would send me any kind of communication because he is a very busy individual. He's got a lot going on. And so as I opened up the email that he sent me, it basically said this. Just thinking about you this morning, I gave a nod your direction. I hope you and the family are doing well. And that's all it said, just thought of you this morning or thinking of you this morning, gave you a nod today, your direction, hope you and the family are doing well. Now, I don't know if this would be true of you, but it was true of me because, again, of the special place that Uncle Jeff holds in my heart. There was just something about that email, him letting me know that he was thinking of me, that meant something to me. Again, with everything that he has going on, with all the activities that he is involved in, to know that he took just a couple of moments out of his morning to send me that brief note, letting me know that he was thinking of me, it meant much to me. And I think this evening, if you thought about it, you would think back to times maybe when certain special people in your life have reached out to you, Maybe by way of a phone call, maybe by way of a surprise visit, maybe a text, maybe an email, maybe a letter, whatever it might have been. And because of your love for that person, because of your affection for that individual, you couldn't help but appreciate knowing they were thinking of you. And the more you know that they're thinking about you, wouldn't it be true that the more it would mean to you? I mean... To, to think that maybe they thought of me on a regular basis or they thought of you on a regular basis. I, I think most of us would have to say, if we were honest, you know, I, I appreciate that. Just, again, to know that, that I hold in your heart some kind of a special place like you do in mine. It, it's kind of a wonderful thing to think about somebody thinking about us in a positive way. If you don't know what that's like, I I do pity you. (laughs) And some of you are looking at me like you're not sure you know what I'm talking about, but but, uh, just work with me, okay? To know that somebody is thinking about you, especially if you have a fondness for them, that is going to be something that means something to you. That in mind, I want us to think about the Psalms. We usually associate the Psalms with who? Well, with David, right? right? Yes, okay. It's not going to get much easier than that, okay? So at least nod your head like we normally associate the Psalms with David, correct? Yes, okay. Now, I don't know what you think of when you think of David. Of course, many different things could come to mind. But one of the things that I thought of as I was thinking about David in relation to tonight's message is this, is that David was a bit more expressive by way of a man than most men are. Would you agree? As you read through his psalms, as you read through the different words that he penned, I mean, I think most of us, as men, would say something like this: "Yeah, that's not really how I express myself." And so there are times that that it's probably good for us that there, as at least as men, that it's good for us that there are some men who express themselves. Because we can at least look to that and say, you know, I probably wouldn't have ever said it that way, but I like the way he said it, and I agree with what he said. Okay, so you may look at David, and you may say, well, yeah, he is a bit more expressive than me. Or you may say he is much more expressive than me. But I think many times we can look at his words, and we can say something like this, I like what he said right there. And I agree with what David said there. And because I like what he said and because I agree with what he said, many times it can stir within us many different emotions or thoughts. But tonight what I hope we do is I hope we look at the words of David, whether we would have phrased it this way or not, I hope we say, man, I like that. Man, I agree with that. And I hope we leave here saying this, man, am I encouraged by that. I want us to be encouraged by what David is going to write, or what David has written, and what we're going to look at tonight. So turn, if you would, to a familiar psalm, though one I've never dealt with. Turn to Psalm 139 this evening. Psalm 139. I don't know if your Bible is identical to my Bible by way of some of the extra information that is given. But my Bible, right under Psalm 139, says this, To the chief musician, a psalm of David. So this psalm is identified as a psalm that David wrote, a psalm that David penned. And I want us to look in the first two words of verse number one. Obviously, it says, O Lord, O Lord. Is that what your Bible says? I trust that it is. All right, O oh Lord. Psalm 139, verse number one, O oh Lord. Now, why is this important? It is important for this reason this is a psalm to the Lord, not a psalm about the Lord. Okay, This is a psalm to the Lord God. This is a psalm or a prayer or, or some kind of a statement of faith or, or a, a statement of, of doctrine even. This is David expressing his thoughts directly to the Lord, not about the Lord or some other situation. And I want us to think about this for just a moment again because I think this is important and I think it can be helpful in this, this endeavor to encourage us tonight. But as you consider those first two words, O oh Lord, here is what you see. You see David with an awareness of his ability to enter into the presence of God. David was aware of his ability to to enter into the presence of God through the format of prayer. David did not feel as though God was so far above him that he could not approach him in prayer, that he could not approach him with certain thoughts and certain ideas and certain burdens and certain beliefs. And, and this morning, or this evening rather, I just want us to think about this as we get into the message that just as David had access into the presence of God, so you and I enjoy access into the same presence of the same God. That, my friend, is a wonderful truth. I don't know what your day looked like today. I don't know how your day began. I'm not standing before you this evening saying that if it didn't look like this, then your day was wrong. But I'll just tell you how my day began. My alarm went off, and I woke up, obviously, because of that. And I, I spent a few moments getting ready, and then I was in the living room, and you know what I was doing? I was spending time in prayer this morning. And as I spent time in prayer before my day really began, before it really started, you know what I was doing? I was entering into the presence of the same Lord, the same God that David entered into by way of presence, Thousands of years ago, and just as it probably had never occurred, that it never occurred to David that he could not enter into the presence of God, isn't it amazing that you and I can enter into the presence of God, and it never has to enter into our minds that we're not allowed to go there? We are allowed to enter into the presence of God and not only are we allowed to enter into the presence of God, we are welcomed into the presence of God by way of prayer. Friends, that is encouraging that the God of this universe not only allows us to enter into His presence, but He invites us into His presence. He desires us to be in His presence through the avenue, through the format of prayer. And I just want to throw this in real quick, not a part of where the message is headed, but I just want you to realize this, that if you do not take advantage of that, you are the one who is missing out. If you go through your day without prayer, without entering into the presence of God, it is you who has missed out. If you go throughout a week and you have not taken time and set aside time to enter into His presence and to just begin your day or to end your day or maybe even to interrupt your day in this format of prayer, friends, if you do not take advantage of that, it is you who is being robbed of the blessings and I'm telling you, there are people who call themselves Christians, and if they're honest, they would have to admit they do not pray like they ought. Why they don't want to spend presence or spend time in the presence of God is beyond me. Amen. But it happens all the time. So here's David, and he says, O Lord, what he says next truly is, Astounding, he says, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou hast searched me and known me. What does this mean? Well, it means this, Lord, you have examined me and God, you know everything there is to know about me. Lord, you have examined me and God, you know me. Much like we heard at the men's conference this past weekend, David basically expresses what was said at the conference this weekend, and that is this, our lives before God are an open book. There is nothing about our lives that God does not know. There is nothing that we have concealed from him. No, there is nothing concealed. Everything is revealed before God. So there's nothing, and David elaborates on this as you go throughout this text, there is nothing about our lives that God is not fully aware of. Well, how do we know? Well, in verse number 2, he said this, Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted and art acquainted with all my ways; for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether, thou hast beset me behind and before. And laid thine hand upon me. Now, we're not going to work through every bit of this because of the sake of, for the sake of time and, and where the message is headed. But, but just some of what David mentions in this as he says, Lord, you have searched me, you have examined me, and you know everything about me. Essentially, in these verses, some of what David expresses is this, God, you know exactly where I'm headed in this life. God, you know where my life is headed right now. God, you know the direction where my life is going. And one of the other things that David expresses is this. God, you know every word that's come out of my mouth. Now think about that for just a moment. God knows every word that we have spoken in the last 24 hours. He knows every word we've spoken in the last 48 hours. He knows every word spoken in the last 72, 96. You get the point? God knows every word we've spoken. So it doesn't matter if we whispered it to a friend. It doesn't matter if we mumbled it under our breath. It does not matter how we spoke it. You know what? God knows what we said. Not only does God know what we said, David implies that God even knows what we've thought this week. You know that little thought that passed through your head? That you decided to dwell upon for a little bit? Rather than getting it out of the mind immediately, you decided to just, you know, just to let it turn a little bit. And just kind of to simmer inside the head and just how you contemplated certain things and, and how you dwelt upon certain things. God, David said, you even understand my thoughts and you understand what I'm, you know, dwelling upon, where my mind is at. And so as David expresses, Lord, you have searched me, you have examined me, and you know everything about me. My life is an open book to you. He said, Lord, you know where my life is headed. God, you know what I say. God, you know what I think. God, there is nothing that can be re- concealed from you. So in verse number 6, I think this is just wonderful, okay, the way that he expresses it. He said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high I cannot attain unto it. What does it mean whenever he says, such knowledge is too high for me? It basically means this. Lord, I cannot comprehend your abilities. Lord my little brain no matter how much i may exercise it no matter how much i may may give myself to understanding this god there is no way for me to understand how well you are acquainted with me, how well you know me. God, it is is—it is too much for my brain to comprehend that you know the direction I'm going, the words that I speak, the thoughts that I that I dwell upon. Lord, that, that is all just too wonderful for me. I, I cannot attain unto it. And I just want to say to us tonight, guess what? We'll never understand it either. We cannot really begin to grasp that God knows more about us than we even know about ourselves. You know this, I'm not springing anything new on you this evening, but but we know if we're honest that we'll lie to ourselves on a regular basis. We'll tell ourselves how good we are. We'll tell ourselves, "Oh, I didn't really mean that. We'll tell ourselves, no, no, you misunderstood. We'll tell ourselves that that it's always somebody else's fault. and, And we'll lie to ourselves and we'll deceive ourselves on a regular basis. We cannot begin to understand how much God knows about us. So as David is speaking of the Lord's awareness... The Lord's understanding, the Lord's knowledge of him, he said again in verse number 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Well, as you continue down in verse 7, down through the next several verses, you understand that David continues to write of the Lord's awareness of his life and, and what's going on in his life. And so we get to verse number 17, and this is where the message begins to take shape. In verse number 17, David said this, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! In verse number 17, here is what David expresses of the Lord God. He said, God, you have thoughts unto me. Or God, you have directed your thoughts toward me. You understand this? David was of this mindset, and David was of this conviction. David was of this belief that God was actually aware of him and thought about him. What does that mean, to think on him or to have thoughts of him? It means this, to have contemplation toward. It means to muse or to ponder or to consider. You understand what this means to contemplate? It means to, like, give serious attention to something. To muse, to to really think about something, to ponder, to consider it. Here is what he said. He said, Lord, thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. God, you think of me quite often. How great is the sum of your thoughts toward me? God, how often do you think about me? He said in verse number 18, If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. You ever been someplace sandy? There's a lot of sand, isn't there? You've never seen sand. It's fascinating. It's tiny and there's a lot of it. How much sand is there? Well, you could measure it in the number of hundreds. You could measure it in the number of thousands, millions, billions, trillions. And I learned a new word today. Quadrillion. I've never used that. Never needed to. Now, now think about it. There are at least several quadrillion grains of sand throughout this world. You consider the beaches, you consider the deserts where sand would be present. Lots of quadrillions. I'm not sure what's past that. Feel free to enlighten me after the service. I'm just saying it's a lot. How great, David said, is the sum of them. What? Your thoughts toward me. He then answers the question and said, If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. Now friends... If one grain of sand represented every second of time, you would run out of seconds of time for an individual's individual's life before you would run out of sand. You understand this? So if you just took a a grain of sand per second and you kept that and you kept it going, you would run out of a person's life before you would run out of sand by a long shot. And so here's kind of the picture that David paints as he is writing down this prayer, as he is writing out this declaration of God's awareness of his life. Essentially what David said is this, Lord, I am constantly, continually, forever, on your mind. God, listen, you're always thinking about me. Lord, there is never a moment where you are not aware of me because your thoughts to me, they are They are more in number than the sand. And so here is David and he is thinking about God's awareness of him. And he is thinking about how God knows and and understands everything about his life. And that's part of why he said, man, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. And so in verse number 17, it makes sense that he would begin it by simply saying, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me. What does it mean for something to be precious? It means this, to be valuable, to be costly, or for something to be esteemed, something, something to be highly regarded. Here is what David does in expressing these thoughts. He says, Lord, you are thinking about me all the time, and such a truth is something that is precious and costly and valuable to me. God, I don't take it lightly to know that you are constantly thinking about me. David was seemingly excited to know that God was thinking about him. Think about it for just a moment, okay? Do you have somebody that you love, yet you're separated by distance? Do you have anybody like that in your life? A parent, a child, a friend, an old roommate, whatever it may be? Okay, Think about how special it is if you just get that text or you get that surprise phone call or the email, whatever it may be, that says something like, hey, just thinking of you today, isn't it amazing what kind of uh, of a difference that makes in your mood and what kind of a difference that makes in your spirit? Hey, my old roommate was thinking about me today. I can't believe that. An old preacher friend was thinking about me today. Wow, my, my uncle was thinking about me today. Man, that just makes me feel good. To know that someone I love is thinking about me. Now here's what David said. God, whom I love, you're always thinking about me. I'm never off your radar. I'm never off your mind. There's never a moment when you say, oh yeah, David, I forgot about him. No, David was always on the mind of the Lord God. And David said, how precious are your thoughts unto me. Toward me. If you read these words, you have to ask a question: Was David just a bit over zealous in his expressiveness? In his expressive zealousness, did he say something that was not true, that was not accurate? Or was he telling the truth? He was telling the truth. Well, how do we know? Well, I mean, all you've got to do is read through the Gospels, and even Christ said, You know, of the Lord, of God, He's even mindful when the birds fall from the nest. Are you not worth much more? and a bunch of birds. You know, God is the one who clothes the fields with the grass and with the lilies. You know, the things that are today and tomorrow are not. Think about it. Here is God, and Christ himself says he pays attention to birds and flowers. Don't you know he's paying attention to you? I'm just saying what Jesus Christ himself said, it only reiterates what David declared of himself, that, God, you're always thinking about me. I am never off your mind. Lord, this is a precious thing. It is something to be valued, to be revered. God, this is special. This is special. So then you need to consider this question. Was David just one of the lucky ones? Well, the answer is no. He was not just one of the lucky ones. He was not unique. He was not special. The point is this. Daniel's father, Daniel, David's father could say, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. If David's brothers had wished to express the same thoughts, guess what? They could have expressed the same thoughts. If David's friends had wanted to express the same thoughts, they could have expressed the same thoughts. Now again, they didn't, at least not that we have record of, but they could have looked to what David said and said, You know what? I like that. Yeah, David, I wouldn't have said it like that, but, but I like the way you said that. And so what I want us to understand is this. In the life of David, he was not unique. He was not special. It was not just him who had the continual thoughts of God. It could have been anyone who said it. It's just that it was David said it, and everyone else would say amen to it. Well, how do we know? Well, we know that if you read through the Scripture, God's not much on partiality. God's not much on favoritism. He's not much on showing partiality to this one and, and ignoring this one and showing favoritism to this one and neglecting this one. No, no God is very much interested in, in equality of treatment to, to human beings. So that's how I know that anybody in David's life could have declared the exact same thing. It's just that they didn't, at least not that we know of. Now why is that important? It is important for this reason because we serve an unchanging God. Okay, you you think about that. We're able to go into the presence of God, already dealt with that. I've already mentioned that God knows us, that there are no secrets. God knows what we've spoken. God knows what we've thought. God knows the direction we're taking. I mean, there is nothing about us that God does not know. And so as we make our way to verse number 17, you know what you and I can say tonight? We can say with the same measure of boldness that David did, God, your thoughts toward me. How great is the sum of them? Well, the answer would be this. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. You know what I can say tonight? I can say exactly what David said. I am continually on the mind of God. God is continually thinking about me. Well, that's kind of arrogant, Kyle. No, it's not. It's scripture. Listen, a couple of weeks ago, we were headed to Amarillo. Susie and I were. We were driving down Highway 60. There was a bird in the middle of the street, and... I kept thinking, well, the bird will move because that's what birds do, and the bird just stayed there until I got up to the bird, and the bird flew up in my grill and looked back, and there were feathers going all over the place. I thought, stupid bird, and you know what is true? God saw that bird and how that bird went out, (laughs) hitting my grill. I don't know if the Lord thought, stupid bird, but at least the Lord knew it because he keeps up with the birds. Okay, now now the point I'm saying is this, if the scripture is true and I happen to think it does, then, then the Lord saw how that bird left this life a few weeks ago on Highway 60, which tells me if the Lord is keeping up with that bird, then I can know with some confidence, with some assurance that God is keeping up with me continually, consistently, and and there is never a time in my life where the Lord said, oh yeah, Kyle in Pampa, I need to think about him. He's always thinking about me. So what does that mean? It means this. Last night, whenever I went to bed, the Lord was thinking about me. As I slept... I was on his mind. I got up this morning and I began having my prayer time. And I know the interaction didn't sound exactly like this, but it was something to this effect. Good morning, Kyle. I've been thinking about you. As I've gone throughout my day and the Lord has watched what I've been doing throughout this day, you know what? He's fully aware of everything that I've engaged in. God knows exactly where I'm at right now. God knows exactly what I'm doing. God knows in just a few moments when the church service is dismissed and we go our different ways, God knows exactly the direction that my feet will be taking. Why? Because God is ever mindful of me. His thoughts toward me are as great or greater than the number of sand. And friend, I'm just telling you, I will not live long enough to outlive His thoughts toward me. He is forever thinking about me. That sounds kind of arrogant. It's not arrogant at all. It's just true. And here's the beautiful thing. I'm not special and I'm not unique. This is not only true of preachers or people who wear ties to church on Wednesday nights, or whatever the breakdown of classifications may be. You understand this? God is as mindful of you as he ever was of David as he has ever been of anyone else. The youngest child in our church today has the undivided attention of God. The oldest member of our church has the undivided attention of God. And everyone in between, you know what they have? They have the undivided attention of God. There has never been a moment, there has never been a second in your life where God said, Oh yeah, I forgot about him. I need to let them know that I care about them. There's never been a moment in your life where God said, man, I have not made myself known to them. And, man, I, I need to get with them and let them know they're special. God knows exactly where you're at right now. God knows exactly what is going on in your life right now. God knows exactly what you're doing. God knows the direction that your life is taking. God knows this better than we know it. Because God is ever thinking about us. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I think that I have God's undivided attention, as well as you, as well as about 7 billion other people, Following this? That makes me want to say again, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I can't quite understand that, just to be honest. You know why? Because sometimes I can't remember to let four or five people know in my life that I'm thinking about them throughout the course of a week. It's like at the end of the week, I say, man, I meant to text them earlier this week, and I got busy and totally forgot. Man, I meant to call them. I meant to send them a note. I meant to say something to them. Are you anything like me? And, and what are we talking about? We're talking about a few dozen people in our lives, and we can't even keep it all straight. There is a God in heaven that we have total access to. And this ought to make us like Make us feel real good. There is a God in heaven that we have total access to that knows everything about our lives because we have His undivided attention. He knows where you're at financially, He knows where you're at spiritually, He knows where you're at mentally, He knows where you're at emotionally, He knows where you're at professionally. There is not one thing about your life that God is not aware of right now because he is constantly thinking of you. Now, friend, if a phone call can make you feel good, if a text message can give you encouragement, if, if an email can, can change your attitude like we know it can sometimes, friends, how much should it do for us to know that the God of the universe is always mindful of us. If it's been a rough week already, be encouraged. God knows. He's aware. He's not shocked. When you go to Him in prayer and you say, Lord, this is going on, He's not saying, really, I, I'm sorry. No, He, he knows but he still wants you to communicate it with him. And if you're having a fantastic bang-up week and everything's going good, and you go to him in prayer and you say, Lord, thank you, you know, it's just going so good at work right now or whatever it may be, he's not surprised because you're on his mind. You're on his mind right now. And in 10 minutes, you'll be on his mind and the hourglass of time with the sand passing through it, when you and I leave this life, there will be far more sand than we can ever imagine, and he'll just devote those thoughts to someone else. God, he's thinking of us right now. How wonderful, how amazing, how precious that we have his undivided attention tonight. I hope that encourages us because I think sometimes we go through life forgetful that he knows what's going on. And it's just good to be reminded. He knows. He's aware. He's not surprised. It's all good. All right? Okay. Let's all bow our heads and stand for a word of prayer. Fathers, I come to you this evening I pray that you'd help us Lord to rejoice really in the truth that you are ever thinking about us Lord I pray that you'd help us to rejoice in that truth that you would help us to take encouragement from it Lord to help us to know that whether it be good or bad whatever the situation is we can know that you are fully aware because we have your undivided attention. I pray that you'd help us tonight to apply that however we need to. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.